0: Here we are on the eve of Yom Kippur. And I want to share with you an insight into Yom Kippur which changed my life and I hope will change your life. And uh let's 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 go through it quickly. So many people have a very love-hate relationship with Yom Kippur. In fact, I think it's more of a hate relationship with Yom Kippur, but it's something that we have to do, right? Your average American Jew who affiliates at all doesn't go to synagogue more than once a year, usually on Yom Kippur. Why? Why is that the one day we go? You know, it's like you spend your whole year living like a, uh, like a bad Jew. And then you go to synagogue one day a year to feel really guilty about it. If you think about it, Yom Kippur is not a fun day. You're fasting, you're hungry, you're in synagogue for hours, reading Chinese, essentially, if you don't re- understand Hebrew. And, and then you're going through the prayer book and basically confessing all these sins that you did, things that you're probably going to continue to do next week, you know. And uh, it's 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 a very depressing day. And I have to admit that my first uh, few years of observance, I found Yom Kippur to be a very very depressing day, and I was I was really not into it. So what what what? How do we relate to Yom Kippur in a in a positive way? So according to Kabbalah. And actually the Talmud itself, Yom Kippur is the most beautiful day of the year. <clears throat> and it's actually a day that's of pure love between us and God. So if that's the case, why are we spending the day confessing our sins? Why are we torturing ourselves fasting and uh, not wearing shoes, <coughs> not washing? What, what's, what's what's going on? So we know that Yom Kippur is a day of atonement. It's a day when literally everything is forgiven. It's a, You get a clean state. You get to start over. But the real but we go through this process of confession, right? In Judaism, we don't confess to a priest; we confess, confess to God the things that we did wrong, and we go through it a lot throughout the day. And if you think about when, when, when the concept of guilt, right? When someone, when, when we talk about the things we did wrong, we often feel guilty. Uh, now, uh, typically, people don't like being called out for having made mistakes. Right? How how do you respond when someone calls you out for having made a mistake? You often uh respond either with getting defensive or angry, lashing out. Oh yeah, well you did this and that, or you internalize it and you feel depressed or sad, you beat yourself up. And neither of those are, are coming from a positive place. So is guilt is really not a Jewish concept. Now I know the whole thing about Jewish guilt and Jewish mothers, um, but that is really has no place in our relationship with God. In Judaism, we believe in feeling bad about your mistakes, just enough to get yourself to change, but then letting go of it and moving on. Guilt is wallowing in the negativity of our, of our, of our mistakes. So what, where does it come from? Why do, we, why do we respond so poorly when we make mistakes? The answer, I believe, is because we have a misunderstanding of the difference between two concepts, acceptance and approval. What's the difference between acceptance and approval? Acceptance is where I accept you wholeheartedly for who you are. Approval is where I approve of what? Of your actions. When when We we get these very confused because when we were kids, we'd, we'd do something wrong and our parents would say, bad boy. And what did the kid think? kid thinks, I'm a bad boy. Really, what the parent should be saying is, that's bad. That action is bad, but you're good. And we, from a very young age, over-identify with our actions. And therefore, when we fail, we feel like failures. And we succeed, we feel like successes. And we run in our lives trying to fill ourselves up with successes And to run away from failure because we let our our actions and our behaviors define us. So how do we avoid getting caught in that trap? What's the the source of true self-esteem? The answer is the process that we're going through now of the high holidays. Process called tshuva. Tshuva means to return. Now, if you ask... Your average Jew, what does it mean to return? Repentance, they would say it's to return to God. But I believe the answer is even deeper than that. The true answer, I believe, is to return to yourself. Because your real connection to God is within. Because the soul is a piece of God itself. I ask you, you how many people believe that you have a soul? And... The answer is that Judaism doesn't really believe that you have a soul. Judaism believes that you are a soul. Your soul has a body. Your soul is your true identity. I I always try this experiment in classes. I ask people to point to themselves. And inevitably, most people point to their torso. Now, are you your torso? (coughs) The answer is clearly not. It's a part of you, but it's not you because God forbid a person could lose their torso and still – you know they can still function they could lose all use of their torso in fact they can lose whole parts of their body as long as they have their their essential organs but you could even imagine if they had the ability to take your head off and put it on someone else's body or on a machine you would still be you because you is your consciousness something much deeper than your body and we call that the soul which is even greater than your consciousness it's your true eternal essence which is and at the root of that is literally a piece of god so you are your soul so the question is who is stronger your body or your soul the answer is is that in this world your body is stronger we live in the world of the body and the metaphor that is often given is that your body is like a horse and your soul is the rider of the horse we live in a horse world the body is our primary identity from birth we identify with our physical inclinations and desires we're hungry we're tired we're cold right we and and that extends as we get a little bit older to our emotions we have an ego that wants to be fed we have selfish needs and essentially the whole world becomes a playground to fill our needs if we live in the realm of the body because the main drive of the body is for immediate instant selfish pleasure the body really doesn't care about anybody else but the reality is is that our goal is to transcend the body to channel the body to let the horse be our vehicle to take us around in this world but it is not who we really are so on yom kippur we refrain from five physical activities from washing from anointing the body from wearing shoes leather shoes to from intimate relationships marital relations and eating and drinking why do we do that so most people say it's to torture ourselves the answer is really much deeper we will we'll use the metaphor of removing the shoes as an example. Where we find the idea of removing the shoes in the Torah is by Moshe. When Moshe approaches God at the burning bush, God says, remove your shoes because the place that you're standing is holy ground. The symbolism of removing the shoe is that the shoe to the foot is the same as the body to the soul. The shoe rides in, the foot rides in the shoe, but you are not your shoe. So too the soul rides in the body. So the symbolism throughout the Torah of removing shoes is separating the soul from the body, disconnecting from your bodily identity and, and, and identifying with your soul. So on Yom Kippur, we don't eat. We don't engage in physicality. Not to torture ourselves, but rather to reconnect to our true identity as a soul. You see, when you stop the distractions of the physical, you're able to tune in so much more to the soul. That's why on Shabbos, on Shabbos, we don't engage in many physical activities. We don't use our phones, we don't work, we don't drive, we don't cook. Yet we still engage in physicality. But some people have a really hard time turning off that phone you know I, I tell this story often when we do meditations in the desert in Israel on trips so we spend about eight minutes alone in the desert and when we get back together the group is always crying crying that was my first time without noise without music or phones or 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 food and in that few moments without distractions I was able to really connect inside and I felt a tremendous amount of pain we really try to drown out that pain. That pain is really an existential pain. It's not a physical pain. The same thing with eating. You ever go to the fridge and look for something to eat and you don't find it? And then you go back a few minutes later and look again? So what? Did you think something changed in the last few minutes? The answer is that you're not really looking for food. You're looking to fill a void within. And that void is an existential emptiness of want. the soul wanting to connect to you, wanting to have a deep relationship with yourself. So on Yom Kippur, when we step away from physicality, basically all physicality, we become essentially angels for the day. And we we recognize that our true self is this non-physical entity, this essence that's pure and perfect and unconditionally loved by God. And when we really get that, when we really tune into that, then suddenly saying I'm sorry is so easy because you can now look at all the actions you did this year that were not true to your true self. All the times that you hurt yourself or others, where you where you ran away from the real responsibility and real relationships, where you we, where we were used and let others use you when you hurt people, when you had unhealthy relationships with others or with food or with substances. When you were jealous, lazy, angry, when you lied, cheated, overate, shirked responsibilities. These are all things that are not true to your true self. And when you recognize that that's not you, you're not your actions. You're this beautiful, perfect, pure being. So all you have to do is look at all those things and say, that wasn't me. That wasn't me. That wasn't really who I am. And it becomes easy now to say i'm sorry because it's essentially just taking off your clothes because on yom kippur we recognize that our body is just our outer garment it's just something we're wearing it's something we're we're driving and just like you don't over identify with your car at least you shouldn't if your car gets a st- gets gets a dent it shouldn't re- it shouldn't make you depressed and hate your life it's something you can get fixed so too when you mess up It's not your identity. It's just something you have to fix. That's Yom Kippur. Yom Kippur is a day of connecting to your true self. And then literally it's like getting washed clean from the inside out. And removing all the dirty clothes, all the stained garments, all the behaviors and the habits and the things that we did wrong. And making amends and making commitments not to go back to that behavior. Because that behavior is not true to you. And who you really are, that's Yom Kipper. And then there's no need for defensiveness, because when you fail, you're not a failure, and when you succeed, you're not a success, because really, you are always worthy of unconditional love, just for being who you are. When you fail, you know what it doesn't define you. What defines you is what you do with your failures, what you do with your mistakes, how you make amends, how you grow and how you change that's the message of yom kippur is that it's not about what you did wrong it's about how you fix what you did wrong and how do you do that by recognizing that you have full responsibility for the damage that you've done but none of it defines who you are because it's all external to your true identity and may we be blessed that this year that our actions should flow from our soul that we should live a life of connection to our true self and that it should have a ripple effect into all of our actions and all of our behaviors in this year and our relationships should come from the soul and we should learn to be a little a little bit closer to our true self in this year. Wishing you all a Gamar Khasimatova a year of blessings and sweetness and all good things.